Ahoy hoy everyone, welcome to episode 121 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast, a palindrome. It's the second time we've had that, if you count only triple digits. But my name is Pat, <laughs> today we're joined by Chance. What's up? You're not doing the, uh, what it do anymore? Well, I mean, I will, but I'll... Sneak it in something. I'll say it. I'll... <laughs> and Rick. Uh, Rick. If you're wondering where Zach is, uh, in the spirit of... Star Wars celebration. He is on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Oh yeah, it's a one way. It's one, one way trip. <laughs> I was just gonna say he went out for a pack of cigarettes, and we don't know if he's gonna come home. That we forget what his face looks like. <laughs> anyway, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite flavor of Tums. I don't know. <laughs> flavor of Tums? I like the mix pack because you get a variety of flavors and you don't really know what's happening. You just cure your indigestion. That's what my grandma got, yeah. Are we seriously sticking with that? <laughs> I mean, I have the coconut ones. I like the strong... Coconut. Ooh. They're uh, natural. Coconut pineapple. Ooh, pina colada over here. Yeah. What's your favorite, Pat? We're rolling with the Tums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've just been, I've only experienced the mixed flavored ones because that's what my grandma always had. So whatever, oh, okay. whatever blue was. <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of like the chalky, like reddish one. Nice. They're all chalky, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Not sponsored by Tums, by the way, but if you want to shoot us some money, Tums, let us know. This week, we'll be talking about some uh, gaming acquisition news, but first, what have you been playing? Rick? I've been playing a collection of some of the greatest games of all time. It's like the nothing but bangers kind of week. Um, So let's start off with Fallout New Vegas. Last time we talked, I had just beaten Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and that that was a really fun experience. Really enjoyed it. Everything you could ever want out of like a Michael Bay Metal Gear experience. So I decided to go back to a game that I still haven't beaten. And actually I haven't beaten a single game in the series. So I decided to finally beat Fallout New Vegas. I played a lot of Fallout nice. games. Many, many hours. But I've never actually completed one. So I decided to like dig in my heels and try to finally beat New Vegas. It's really easy to get distracted in those kind of games. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, I loaded up my game from, like, I don't think I've played it in over a year. And, like, one of the main quests of the game is you have to go talk to Caesar and, like, kind of hear about his, like, about their faction and, like, what they're about. And then, like, get this chip. And that chip's, like, a pretty big part of the game. So, I found out because they're slavers. Every time I see them, I shoot at them and I kill them. So, they didn't like me very much. So, I couldn't go to the fort and get the chip. So... I eventually got to a high enough level, and I got a companion who also hates the Legion, and we just walked in and we mowed everybody down in this camp. And then you have to take a boat to this fort. So we did that, and then we killed everybody at the fort. Then we went to Caesar's, like, yeah, Caesar's tent, tossed in a couple grenades, and then finished everybody else off with, like, shotguns, and I killed, I killed Caesar. And I, don't, I would say that's a spoiler, but like you don't have to kill Caesar throughout the entire game. I just chose to because I had no other option. Yep. Then I got some bloodlust and I killed a couple other main characters, our main faction leaders of the game. 
and now I'm going throughout all the casinos on the strip and just going on a murder spree. Like if you like to eat people or have slaves, then you're going to feel the wrath of my shotgun. So Fallout New Vegas is a great game. Uh, another game that I've been playing that's been amazing is called Norco. I believe Pat's been playing this a little bit as well. Yes, I've only played like maybe half an hour, 45 minutes-ish. I've played a couple of hours, and it's um, like maybe like 32-bit, 2D, kind of one of those... Point-and-click Yeah, basically a point-and-click adventure game uh, with some small, like, fun little puzzles there. But the story takes place in, like, futuristic uh, New Orleans... And, like, the mystery surrounding it. And you get to play as a couple different characters. Don't want to give up too much of the story, but... Uh, one character you're trying to find... Basically what happened to your brother. And your mom had passed away from cancer, which is why he came back. And um, the other character you play is your mom. While she's sick of cancer and, like, kind of getting into this giant mystery. So I'm excited to see where the two stories kind of head to a point. And the music is amazing. I was actually recommended to be recommended to me by my friend brad who's a huge fan of uh, apparently the band who helped like do the music for this game and i started playing it and i'm actually like wow this is just a really great game uh, a lot of fun great story a lot of fun elements so norco like holy cow i did not expect that to be that good yeah um, kind of so with the first like 40 minutes or so it reminds me a lot of uh disco elysium where you go in thinking it's going to be like a run-of-the-mill you know, story, and then it kind of just keeps expanding and digging deeper and stuff. So definitely looking to play a little bit more than what I have. I'm enjoying it. It's just, there's a lot of stuff out, so I haven't been able to spend too much time with it. And uh, it is on Game Pass on PC for those of you who want to play. It's not on console yet, but if you have PC, very easy game yep. to run on your PC. I would, yeah, I would have no doubt it'd be a super easy game to run on your PC. And then finally got my hands on a game pretty sure it came out 2020 but if i would have played this game when i when when it came out it would have been my tuggy nomination for game of the year i don't care what else came out that year it hasn't been available to me because i haven't had a ps5 uh but finally it came to xbox game pass it is a very morbid story where you crash land on an island um you find all these creatures that are nice and cute but you need to feed them to other creatures and then those basically if you feed somebody a strawberry a strawberry will like their arm will turn into a strawberry or a carrot their leg will turn into a carrot and it is just insane and there's all these cute little creatures that are just trying to get by on this island and these people come in and invade them and just like start eating all these creatures and it's very brutal i, um, I do not recommend this game for kids but <laughs> holy cow this has been one of the greatest games I've ever played in my entire life and it is called Bug snacks. Ooh, talking about bug snacks. Bug snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you listened to the podcast before, but I've just always been enamored by the concept of this game and the soundtrack. And uh, finally, it, it's come to Game Pass with a free expansion too. It's uh, Isle of the Big Snacks, I believe. Um, I'm not sure. So I I played it. It was part of PlayStation Plus 2020 when it came out. Uh, but I've, I, there's a lot of stuff coming out during the console launches, so I never beat it. But it did give the hints of like a sinister undertone or like more going on in this island than you are led to believe. And you're kind of like unraveling the mystery. So I do want to kind of pull on that thread a little bit more. 
uh, now that it is on Game Pass and I can play it on like cloud and stuff, I might go back to it and see if I can beat it. Yeah, there, there are like a lot of little like overtones of just like, hey, everything's fine. Look at all these bugs. And first I thought it was going to be like a Pokemon Snap where you take pictures, but you're kind of like catching them. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's like, oh yeah, now, now feed me this one. It's like, this is a sentient being. He's talking, yeah, saying I, I, his name over and over again. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a carnivore, but it's not like this thing that's saying its name and is actively like hiding from me. Like, I don't know. Makes me feel kind of dirty. So I'm all about it. I love it. I'm excited to play more. A lot of fun games that kind of go along with all the like different tools that you get to use. Trying like what else? Those are like the three main amazing games that I've been playing. Another one I've been playing has I uh, got Hammer Two. That was a free Oculus game a couple weeks ago. And it's just like wave after wave of enemies and you just have unlimited like pistol ammo and you blow up trucks and stuff like that. It's pretty dumb and very cheap, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. um, I played a little bit of the uh, VR chess game, which I didn't know what I was expecting. Is that just like there's a chessboard in front of you or are you like and you one sit of at a table like yeah. Harry Potter? No, uh, you basically sit at a table. You ah. move the pieces. Yeah, I was like, oh. But of course, I set my uh, like my VR parameters a little too high, so actually I had to like peek up over the board like I was a child <laughs> and place my pieces. So I didn't play that one for too long. Uh, played a little bit more of Green Hell, which is a great game, um, but not too much. And but yeah, mainly New Vegas. Hopefully next time I'm on the podcast, I will have finally beaten a Fallout game. Of course, I have all the DLC for this one, so if I beat the main story, I'm counting it as beating the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hopefully I finally dig into the dirty secrets of bug snacks. All right, uh, Chance, what have you been playing? Uh, not too much. It was my birthday last weekend. Happy and, birthday, uh, Chance! Um, yeah, I just spent a lot of time uh, playing board games. I guess so. Still games, but in a physical sense. Some of the just normal stuff I've been playing, of course, like Final Fantasy fourteen, just a little bit of Wonderlands. Um, and I did uh, get on Halo for a little bit as well. Um, season two. Uh, I just played. Uh, yeah, their season two's out. I just ended up playing one of the like the twelve v twelve game mode or whatever. It was kind of hectic. Last Spartan a lot going standing. on, and is that what it's called? Yeah. Or I didn't play the. I didn't play the. Oh, it was like the bigger maps, like vehicles. Oh, oh, so you just meant big team battle? Okay. Yeah, I just said big team battle. I didn't do the last Spartan Spartan standing thing. I just got I wasn't on for too off too long because I mean I it's been a while since I played a shooter. Like I've even taken a break from Apex, so I'm like my aim is really rusty, bad yeah. and like I can't yeah, I guess I, I mean it's Halo too, so I'm not really used to like all the shields and people like know all the maps and like it's just yeah, I just got shit on pretty much. But um I've been playing I played that for like I don't know, maybe an hour at most. Um, and then, uh, the one new game that I did play was, uh, Blood Hunt. Um, that's the vampire, uh, BR game, um, that came out free to play on PlayStation 5 and PC Steam. Um, it's essentially like a third person, kind of like Fortnite, um, but there's like a big city and it seems like their games consist of like 50 players. It's not even like a hundred player game. It's like 50 players. And essentially, um, you pick a character that, you know, they have their own, like, classes and have their own different abilities. Um, some work well with a team. Some work well solo. Yeah, like, 
Uh, or whatever kind of play style that you might like. Me and Chance played a couple games, and you were like the healer person, right? Yeah, I didn't play that character very much, and I didn't use her abilities correctly, and uh, I didn't really utilize her abilities to the fullest. I did play some some games by myself. I did actually win a game. My first game, I came in eighth place. Um, I think my second or third game, I actually won. Nice. Um, and uh, I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty fun. Um, like you, you know, you start as a vampire, and you have um, there are NPCs around the map, like just like civilians. You can go and uh, when you use your vampire sense, they will glow one of four colors, like pink, purple, orange, and I think like blue or something. Um, when you drink their blood, you gain like stats towards certain abilities, and um, it will cap you at like. One per, uh, apparently every ability can be like, uh, out of the four colors, they can be upgraded three times. But when you start off the game, they can only be, each color can only be upgraded once. However, if you do, um, defeat an actual player, or if you go to, uh, a certain part of the map where they are NPC soldiers and you down them and you essentially like execute them, you, it will, un- it will permanently unlock a, a slot so you can drink a civilian's blood and then gain extra stats. So like you can kind of like if you can be really good at hunting other players down or just going after the NPCs, you can kind of like buff up your character stats. So like you can have like regening health, which is huge uh, if you're in a fight and you're running away, um, or just you know making your abilities last longer, do more damage or whatnot. So um, and uh, it, you know what I mean. Like it, there aren't any attachments in this game. That's kind of, like once again, it's like kind of like Fortnite. So you'll just find guns of different rarities, like the same guns, but like of of either you know green, blue, purple, or yellow, or or not yellow, but orange for like legendary. Uh, there are also like stores. So like if you need health, there's like a I don't know, like a general store that has I don't know for healing or whatever. Like a little has a cross up there, blood, a little hospital store. Pack. Is what you pick up. Yeah, and you can go there, and if you open it up, like the alarm goes off, so people can hear you. Um, also, if you drink a civilian's blood and another civilian sees you, you're marked on the map for everyone to see you for like a minute, which is like crazy, and people can like actually like run at you. Um, the one class I did play that I really liked was um, Nof- Nef- uh, Neferitu or whatever, Nose like the one, that one. Uh, Yes, the like the creepier like zombie like looking like creature vampire characters. Um, the, the trapper was awesome because he pretty much can put down sticky like traps on walls and stuff. And if they run into them, like it's poison, and if they stand in it, it does some really good damage. You can use it to essentially finish off people. Like if they're if they're uh, crawling on the ground, you can like throw it, and they'll just sit in the poison and die. Um, and uh, they can, if you crouch, you can also go invisible. so like it's really good to like keep like out of sight especially if you make it to like the final you know circle and you want to stay hidden um yes people can really like see you pretty well like you know if they're near you but like you know from a distance you can really stay invisible um and uh, if you play solo you can actually like um there are civilians that glow red and when you drink their blood they give you an extra life but you can only stack up one life at a time so, you know, if you have, you, you die, you can spawn again, and then you have to find another one to get that extra life. And yeah, so I don't, it's, it's really interesting BR. Um, I think it's doing pretty well and they have some kind of story too. Like they actually have quests that, you know, have you go around the hub area that you're yeah. in, uh, where you run into other players and there's a little bit of lore. And then at some point they will actually like, Hey, when you're out there, you know, hunting other people, like playing the BR, go to this place and find explosives or go to this place to do this. You know what I mean? So you can actually like 
you know, go join a game just to do the story and quest linings and stuff like that. Of course, it might be hard if you run into other players and they kill you and they mess up whatever you're trying to do. But, you know, I mean, it, games are pretty quick. You can get in and out of games pretty quick. So um, I found that pretty interesting. Uh, but that, yeah, that was my big game that I the new game that I played. So um, but uh, yeah, um, Pat, what have you been playing? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of you, I've also played the Blood Hunt, and I've only played a couple games with you. I haven't really done anything solo. You pretty much touched on everything. Like, I don't really have much to add besides it does take place in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. Um, Bloodlines 2 was announced a while ago. Bloodlines uh, is a classic, and then Vampire the Masquerade is the tabletop game with like the lore and everything built in and that's where like all the different classes come in it's just different vampire clans that have different abilities that you can kind of use i think the one i used uh can go his ability is that he can go invisible like even moving around not just standing still um and then there was another one who can like rush forward and like perform a certain attack or whatever but i didn't really fuck around too much with the abilities uh, yeah, I like the customization. That was actually pretty cool. Like, I love how at first I thought, okay, you have to be female to get these abilities, but you can actually just change your character, male or female. And then, of course, you know, obviously for the, you know, when they want to add customization, like microtransactions and stuff like that, yeah. like, you know, they actually look pretty cool. Like the cool suits, you can have like glowing eyes. I'm sure it's going to get really crazy, uh, you know, as this BR goes on. So. Yeah, so uh, definitely worth checking out. It's free to play if you're into the if you're looking for something new in in the battle royale genre. It doesn't really like you know rewrite the rules or do anything vastly different, but it is a nice change of pace with the the lore of Vampire the Masquerade. Um, and then yeah, we I've already kind of touched on uh, Norco with uh, when Rick was talking about it, so I'm not going to go too into depth with that. Uh, I've been playing Halo Infinite season two. Lone Wolves came out. Like Chance was saying, it. I haven't played Halo in like two months almost. So uh, yeah, going back into it, it was definitely like getting that muscle memory and that feel for Halo back. So the first couple of games, I was not doing well at all. But then, you know, I started getting like my uh, my bearings, and uh, I ended up getting an extermination on a an elimination match. And then I did try that. Uh, last Spartan standing mode. And that is pretty interesting. It's, it's very, so it's 12 players on a big team battle map and each player has five lives. So whenever you get a kill, you get a hundred points. Um, if you get an assist, like someone else steals your kill, essentially you get 50 points and you earn, uh, at, at, cer- at certain numbers of points, you can upgrade your weapon. So you'll start off with a disruptor and a pistol, and then you can like slowly upgrade to an assault rifle and then a, uh, commando and then a shotgun and then eventually a battle rifle. And then like, like battle royales, you'll have a shrinking danger zone that keeps coming in and it'll do damage to you if, if you stay outside. So kind of like funneling everyone together. It is pretty fun. I did win, uh, a game of that i played like three or four maybe total um and i did win one and it is it is fun uh i like my strategy that i found the most useful was actually not upgrading my weapons right away uh you might be really inclined to do that but you'll go from like the pistol is you you only can have two weapons at a time so the second you upgrade to the assault rifle you'll lose the pistol so you kind of lose some of that range attack if you upgrade right away so what i've been doing is i've not been upgrading until like it gets to like the final three people and then i will go from 
the disruptor and the pistol straight to like a shotgun and a commando or a, uh, a shotgun and a BR. And that's been working really well. Like the closer range it gets, I have a shotgun and, you know, BR, I can pick them off from, uh, quite a bit of ways away and then as like you don't start with grenades grenades spawn randomly on the map so you can pick them up uh and then uh uh drop pods also come down which give you uh over shields or invisibility or certain boosts like that uh and then the last thing is if you if if you kill somebody and it's their last life and they haven't like used some of their uh points to like upgrade they will drop those points so you can actually without killing people get enough points to upgrade slowly. If you're just kind of like going in and kind of hiding and getting the, the XP points, but you do like the XP points are marked on other people's maps so they can kind of see when someone else has taken them. But so far it's fun. Um, the, uh, matchmaking is only on the brand new big team battle map. Uh, I think it's called breaker, uh, that they have. So it is kind of, annoying to replay the same map over and over again but if you you can do custom games with it so if you get a group of you know however many people it it 12 is what they have in matchmaking but i think you can do more than 12 if you do custom games uh and you can kind of do it on any map so i i would be down to like kind of do just a couple of practice games with us if you guys want to kind of get the feel for it um before we go into like matchmaking but i'm definitely going to be playing a lot more of season two Right now they have an event going on along with the season two battle pass. So you're kind of earning XP for both and uh, you're getting like a new armor core and new stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely back into halo. Uh, besides that I did, uh, I got switch sports um, for Nintendo switch, obviously. Uh, Ooh, which how's that been? It's fun. I haven't played too much into it. Like I've just been kind of, I haven't mainlined a game yet. Mostly. I've just been doing uh jumping into a couple games here and there. So I did kind of just go through and play like all the different sports one time. Um, my mom is kind of into the, like she was into Wii sports and stuff like that. So she was excited to try this out. So I was playing with her. Um, we played some bowling, we played some badminton tennis. Uh, she actually beat me at sword fighting. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, it is fun. I like it. It's definitely a fun party game. I wouldn't see myself playing this by myself against like the, the computer or anything, but definitely if I have people over, I, I could see this being a fun time. And I think you can do it um, online. So if like multiple people have it, you can, you know, play bowling and they said they will cat, like they will uh, add free DLC over the course of however long. So like, uh, I think golf is planned to come and then, uh, uh, I'm not sure why they like, they don't have baseball, but they'll probably add baseball and then um, boxing. I I would see it seems like a natural fit as well. So uh, fun, but not like amazing, you know. But a good time with people. Like you kind of have to know what you're getting into. So if you enjoy those casual like party games, it might be worth getting. You can get it digitally for I think forty dollars. Um, but if you get the physical edition, it is $50, but it comes with a strap uh, to use for like right now. You can only use it for uh, soccer. There's a like a shootout mode, but I assume when they add more sports, they'll add more things that that strap attachment comes with. So you can kind of use like kicks and stuff for uh, putting your Joy-Con in there and having it work. It does work pretty well. Um, I was expecting it not to work super well because it is like inside out tracking on the the joy con 
but it does like I I was surprised at how well it was working and registering the bullying and sword fighting and stuff like that. So uh, definitely need if you if you don't have your straps with your Joy-Cons, I would definitely put those on because at some point, if you're playing with certain people who are not like super experienced, they might throw the controller. So um, dig those out if you don't have those. Uh, and then I did try Trek to Yomi. This is the Devolver Digital game that uh, came to Game Pass this past week. Uh, it looked really awesome from the trailers and everything that they were showing. It is uh, uh, kind of like a 2.5D action game with a uh, like a a story that delves into the supernatural. About uh, it takes place in Japan where the samurai is going to Yomi. And, uh, I think it's, it's mostly a, a revenge tale. Um, I haven't played too much into it, uh, cause it just came out, but, uh, it is very stylish. Like, uh, it has a film grain setting. It has, it is all black and white. You can't change it to color. It is all in Japanese. You can't change it to English. They know the style that they're going for. So it is very like, we want this certain presentation. And it is when you're in combat, it's mostly the 2D where you're moving from side to side. You can't really move in depth. But when it does get to like free roam exploration sections, you are able to move a little bit more like in a 3D environment. You can kind of go off the beaten path, which could have like collectibles or upgrades. Uh, the one thing that I am annoyed by is the combat so far. It does feel very uh, unintuitive. Like basically, you have a light attack, you have a heavy attack, you have a counter. Uh, and a roll whenever an enemy is attacking you time kind of slows down for a little bit right before they land their attack so you have like a small window uh, not not even a small window you have a, a decent window to to counter attack them which like you you parry them basically and then you can land a, a counter attack heavy or a counter attack light uh, so far it it doesn't give any like the feedback it gives you when you counter someone is very non-existent. Like, I don't, I don't even think there's any vibration telling you, you countered them. It's kind of just like, they'll, they'll be going in for the, the attack and then you'll press the button and then they'll kind of just fall backwards and you have a, like a moment to attack and it's not very responsive. Sometimes I'll hit the attack and he won't do the attack and I'll have to hit it again, but then he'll already be in the animation to do something else. And then I'll get attacked and it's, it's, it's just not very good gameplay. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. If, if you're a gameplay focused person, then this might not be up your alley, but, uh, I am more of like the, the story narrative type person. So I'm going to keep playing a little bit. Um, so far I, I've just been counterattacking and then doing a heavy attack and that's killing most of the normal enemies in like one blow. If I land the counterattack, uh, I'm assuming there's going to be bosses and stuff like people with more health. Uh, later on that it might be a little tougher um, if not I might have to like just bump up the difficulty to I'm playing on medium right now uh, it has an easy story mode medium and hard and then uh, there's a another difficulty mode that's kind of locked I'm assuming you have to beat the game to unlock that one but I might bump it up to hard if uh, if it is still this easy uh, a little bit more in um, and then finally I am playing redacted which hopefully Ooh. I can talk about next podcast uh, but that is pretty much it for what have you been playing before we move into Notsla news. Uh, I do want to talk about some uh, 
a new section we're going to kind of be doing for the podcast, which is delays and new dates. So uh, the Mario movie was delayed uh, via a tweet from Nintendo of America. Uh, Going to read this tweet from you. <laughs> so this is the Nintendo of America Twitter account. And it's, this is Miyamoto. After consulting with Chris San, my partner at Illumination on Super Mario Bros. film, we decided to move the global release to spring 2023, April 28th in Japan and April 7th in North America. My deepest apologies, but I promise it will be well worth the wait. When he says Chris San, it's it's somebody at Illumination. It's not uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Voice of Mario. <laughs> so... <laughs> But they are delaying the movie. So it was supposed to come out, I think, this December, but now it'll come out next year. So any thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, let, let them take their time. I want it to be as good as possible. Yeah. You, so you're excited, Chance? Yeah, it's Mario movie. I mean, what, <laughs> do you guys remember the other Mario movie that came out that had like, yeah, that was the like live action like one? Mario? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this will definitely be better than that one. And this has a, a pretty decent cast, even though. The Chris pa- Chris Pratt uh, casting seems a little odd to me, but uh, you know, obviously, it's a delay from Nintendo, announced by Miyamoto. So I'm reminded of the Miyamoto quote that is so famous: "You can oh, lead God. a rush game to water, but a delayed game is a penny earned." Miyamoto. Jesus Christ, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. Moving on to Not Slow News. Uh, Not Slow News is where we discuss the news in the last few weeks, uh, the gaming news. It's not super fast, but it's not slow either. So going into Not Slow News, uh, we do have uh, some news for summer gaming events that that are coming up. So Xbox and Bethesda announced their showcase, which will be held on June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. So even though there is no official E3 this year, neither digital nor in person, they are doing their uh, showcase at the same time. Uh, They said it's the Bethesda and Xbox showcase, and it will include everything you need to know about the diverse lineup of games coming soon to the Xbox ecosystem, including upcoming releases to Game Pass on Xbox and PC. Uh, You'll be able to watch it on all the platforms, including TikTok, which is new this year. So for those of you uh, under the age of seven or whatever (laughs) (laughs) that use TikTok. The TikTok audience. Yeah, good for you. (laughs) What do do you guys think will be there? Or what are you looking forward to being there? Starfield. Uh, That's that's kind of a gimme. November 11th this year. So they got to show us gameplay. They got to show us, you know, story. I expect a good chunk of this uh, uh, showcase will be devoted to Starfield. Uh, Chance would some. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Doom Eternal two. Um, Ooh, really? You think? Kind of early. It was 2018. We had Doom Eternal, but then again, it is Doom Eternal. So would they do a sequel to that, <laughs> or were they just gonna leave this as Doom Eternal? That's funny. I've actually uh, watched. Uh, I've started watching a uh, Doom Annihilation on Netflix. Doom Annihilation. What is that? That's the one with. It's the second movie, I think. It doesn't have the rock. Not the one with. No, I think think that's the first one. Yeah, the first one has rock. That's the first one. Okay. So I didn't even know there was a sequel. Yeah, that was the. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. 
All right. <laughs> um, like, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, that's a Doom movie. So a video game movie on Netflix. Uh, if you have nothing else to watch, watch that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if you have literally but, um, nothing else to watch, watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Your standards are ridiculously um, low. Yeah, I expect Redfall will be there. They announced Redfall last year. It's supposed to be coming summer, which, uh, you know, we're almost in summer now. Um, spring is closing very soon. Um, so, or have Call of Duty. So technically, the Activision deal has not gone through yet. So, do you think? <laughs> no, probably not. But they did just announce Modern Warfare Two. So maybe who knows if they have a. I don't know if that would be considered like collusion or something to sign a, a deal for you to market <laughs> Call of Duty on the Xbox showcase, but who knows? Yeah, I think that's I think that actually breaches Sony's thing, right? Because Sony right now has like the deal Yeah, they, they do Duty. get the, like, you know, at least until this good the deals. So yeah, they can't do that. So. Um I don't know. Whatever come whatever's announced I'll be happy with. Do you guys think mm-hmm. Avowed would be there? I think Avowed would be there. Yeah, I'd be excited for it. Honestly, how much have we seen about Avowed other than that little teaser? Just that CG trailer. It seems to me like um, out of all the games Obsidian is working on, Avowed is the one that was announced earliest. So that should be the one theoretically furthest along. It should be, but I'm kind of hoping it was just like a fake out and it's New Vegas 2. Did they say, what about that one game that got uh, canceled? I thought someone, I don't know if you put the dragon out a- one article yeah the dragon one the guy listening to like his headset and you like ran yeah. on a dragon and it was apparently like co-op or so something. yeah that was a, a third party deal with platinum games and the director of that canceled project uh released a statement uh i think a couple of months ago where he's like i want i want to restart this project you know it seems like microsoft is in a different place than they were in 2016 when we canceled it and you know he basically publicly pleaded with uh phil spencer to to get that game restarted so uh it could be if if you know talks improved you know now would be the time to announce that i don't know it could be hellblade 2 hellblade 2 release date 2022 really you think it's gonna be this year be cool it would be a fucking you know mic drop if if that is the case but I think with uh, Starfield and Redfall, second half of the year, it's probably probably not something we'll be seeing. I do expect some dates for games that they showed in their showcase last year. Plague Tale Requiem is coming to Game Pass. We know that. It's supposed to be this year. We'll probably get a date for that. October, September, maybe. Uh, Somerville, another indie game from uh, Jumpship that they announced uh as coming to game pass day and date so hopefully we get a that is still slated for 2022 so hopefully we get a date for that um yeah i don't know i I expect some third party games to come to game pass as well uh because that's a big thing that they like to do with their showcases last year it was uh back for blood you guys have anything in mind that you think would be a good day and date game pass this year uh oxen free 2 I would love that. Yeah, they do have a a good relationship with Night School, but Night School was bought by Netflix. I'm not sure if that throws a wrench into it or not, but maybe Netflix wants to work with Microsoft. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, What about Gotham Knights? I could see that possibly doing well on Game Pass. It is. They're not saying it's a game as a service, but they're saying multiplayer. So, oh, it looks like multiplayer. You do a you know a big 
I don't know, you do like an instance where like it's like a, I don't know, it's like doing like a story mission together with someone and I'm sure they're going to be a bunch of different costumes and characters, you know what I mean, you can play. Eventually they'll maybe unlock more characters you can play as. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, if it is on Game Pass, I would for sure check that out. But I don't think I would spend money on it on the release. Yeah. So uh, we are a little over a month away from that. So it's actually coming pretty quick. So it'll be here before you know it. Uh, speaking of summer game conferences, uh, Jeff Keighley also announced his Summer Games Fest stream. That's actually going to be on June 9th. 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, he did say that they are teaming up with IMAX. So it's going to be in certain IMAX theaters. You can kind of like register oh, and go God. see it like in the big screen uh, for the full immersive experience, which is funny because his parents actually like have the copyright for or like the trademark for IMAX. Like they're the ones who developed that technology. So it uh, seems like a natural fit. Like he had some uh, nepotism going on there. Yeah. And then, uh, it is funny that they are not calling it like last year they called this event, like the first of summer games fest, the kickoff event. So do you guys think, uh, the fact that they're not calling it, there's only one date that he's announced for summer games fest. Is this going to be like a one and done stream? Like, is he putting everything into this stream or do you think it's going to be more disjointed? Like it was last year. I'm kind of hoping that it's disjointed. Like it was kind of fun just kind of having like the pop-ups and it made it, seem bigger even though it wasn't that big you might end up with a 30 minute conference from saber interactive that nobody cares about yeah but still it was something it was just like it was sprinkled all across summer and i really enjoyed it if it's kind of one big thing then i hope it is condensed a little bit more like if like this is june 9th uh xbox is uh june 12th if if uh nintendo goes like i don't know what june 10th june 11th or something uh, in between there, and we have like a week to two week span where a lot of these major companies go. I think that that'll be like it'll have that E3 feel without needing E3. And then you could have the smaller, uh, you know, Saber Interactive or uh, uh, Gearbox could do their own, or you know, uh, Devolver could do their own a little later on. Um, Sony is kind of they've been doing their own thing for a couple years now, so I expect like. Last two years, they've done a showcase in September. Uh, if they do it again this year, it's officially a pattern. I, I do think that's something that works well for them. So I, I ex- expect them to do a showcase in September. Uh, but of course, Ragnarok is supposed to come out this year. So they may do like a smaller state of play focus just on Ragnarok in maybe like July or something. Um We've kind of gone off track with that, though. Uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, Summer Games Fest... What do you guys expect to be at Summer Games Fest? Oh, everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> um, they did announce Midnight Suns, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, yeah. I heard it's going to get delayed, though. <laughs> did you but, know? <laughs> yeah. From my sources. From your sources. Uh, I believe it'll be there. It, it did uh, recently get raided in Australia, I believe, which means it's probably nearing release. It was it's supposed it was supposed to come out in March and then it got delayed to second half of the year. So I could see this coming out in like August or something like that. You know, fingers crossed for Hollow Knight Silk Song, Oxenfree 2. You know, Netflix wants a, a neutral place to announce or to showcase off the the date. Um Chance, what about TMNT? You could see that coming here. 
Um, I'm kind of excited for it. I have two games on my wish list right now uh, for like my Nintendo Switch because, as I mentioned before, like there are certain games I play on certain console that Maybe. I have, uh, and yeah, exactly. Uh, TMNTs kind of have that like retro TMNT side scroller beat 'em up kind of game style, and um, I'm really looking to play that. Another one, which is kind of like out there, is uh, a Digimon game. I love Digimon. Um, I know Pokemon was the more popular one, but Digimon, there's a Digimon Survivor. Apparently has like multiple endings and it's going to be like a more serious, mature Digimon. And it's like a, uh, it's a strategy game, like a grid strategy, kind of like similar in a sense to um, Triangle Strategy. Maybe not like as like the fights won't be as long. I have no idea. But it's like a strategy game. So I'm really excited for uh, Digimon Survivors as well. But yeah, TMNT, I am uh, really excited for. Um, I'm here. Like they're already, it has, it's coming. I mean, I don't think it has a specific release date, but. It is slated for 20 it's, um, it, it has to be soon. If anything, maybe they might do, hey, it's releasing now. Like it's releasing Stealth today. Drop, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like a, because there's been so many videos. Like I think there was already, what was the event that happened a couple weeks ago? Um packs or something no it wasn't something else i don't know they did have like game developers conference is that what you mean yeah there there was a there was like uh stations where they played tmnt Mm -hmm. um so i mean that's already people are already playing it at these events there are a lot of videos online it has to be coming out soon like and um i'm excited for that yeah i assume they're just doing like bug fixing and stuff because this was one that was supposed to come out last year and then it got delayed or Am I misremembering? That? I don't. I don't know. I think it was just we. Everyone knew about it, but it just didn't have. A, it, it just never. It just went like silent. Radio, radio silent, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, all this news on it, and it's probably going to come out. I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be a stealth drop probably like that day, or maybe like in the next week or something after this uh, event. Yeah. Um, again, a little bit less than a month away. If you're listening to this on the day this podcast is released. Uh, moving on uh, to some PlayStation news. Uh, we recently got a report from uh, one of the PlayStation internal sites that they are now requiring developers to create a two-hour game trial. Uh, we know from news a while back with the, the relaunch of PlayStation Plus on their premium tier, one of the benefits is that they will offer uh, full like trials for full games um and in this internal memo it basically says any game that costs more than $34 will have to require a game trial uh they are being a little lenient they're saying you have 3 months to add this trial to your game and uh it do- it, it doesn't affect anything retroactively but anything that releases from now on will have to include that 2 hour trial so uh it also does not apply to VR games because some of those might be only two hours long, even though they cost over $34. So um, what do you guys think about this? Uh, good for consumers, bad for developers is kind of the vibe I'm, vibe I'm getting. Um, yeah, it seems, seems kind of so shitty wait, for uh, developers. Well, yeah, I mean, well, so the demo is obviously free, right? If you are part of the highest tier on PlayStation Plus... You'll be able to. And we talked about that. That's what, like twenty bucks a month. It's like eighteen or something, but yeah, eighteen. Um, I mean, yeah, you're playing a little bit more for a premium service. I, 
I do kind of like that, but at the same time, yeah, it's not good for developer. Well, this is what I see. For the consumer, they can play a game for two hours, make a decision whether they like it or not, to make a decision if the game's even a complete game. You know what I mean? It's not buggy. It's not fast released like a lot of games seem to come out nowadays before buying it. So if obviously, you know... Um, for example, I was Saints hurt, Row like coming out the developer. in August. You'd be able to play two hours of that to kind of see if you like yeah. it or not before you buy it. Exactly. And then if it comes out as a buggy mess, you're like, okay, well, thank God I didn't spend $70 on this game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, it's for the for the developer, it's like, shit, like, maybe we you know, hastily made this game and we can't just release it. Now we have to, like, actually, I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, like, I just feel like a lot of games, I'm not saying everyone does this, but, like, it's, there's certain games where they come out as a buggy mess and it's like, it could. Yeah. how did they allow this release? That's certainly well, one of the Well, now they have the added pressure. They have the added pressure of, like, making this two-hour game trial. Yeah, so from the internal memo, we did get some clarification a little later on that you can create a custom demo if you want, but if you don't, Sony is basically going to time limit the first two hours of the game. Um, so you will be yeah, able to just play that. The The problem with some of that is, though, certain games, the first two hours are not representative of the next 10 hours or the next 12 hours that you're playing. Uh, it could just be you're playing the tutorial section, which is a bit slower paced. You haven't unlocked like some of the abilities and stuff. And then the game really opens up. For example, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the first two hours, kind of slow. You're getting like a little bit of character development from like talking with uh, Rocket Raccoon, but you haven't really seen the depth of combat. And the combat is probably not the, uh, the, big the strongest star of, that, of game. that game. Yeah, but uh, just playing the, the first two hours of that game, I probably would not have... Uh, if, if, it, if something stopped me in the first two hours, I probably would not have continued playing but the fact that i bought the game i'd already paid for it i was forced to like play a little bit more and there's a lot of games that i feel like that happens like that first two hours is not a good representation of the full experience so yeah i don't mean to interrupt but um i don't know maybe this mentions it later on but you play that two hours uh if you decide to buy the game will it carry over or do you seriously have to start all over they haven't specified hopefully it would in I, I don't see why it wouldn't if it's like a just a time trial of the full game um maybe if they create like a, a special demo that is two hours of like the middle of the game to give you a full experience that might not carry over but i would hope it carries over you know you would assume well i think what might happen is what i could see is as soon as the timer runs out or the custom demo runs out, it will essentially like kick you out and be like, oh, purchase the full game here and then to maybe continue or mm, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, uh, like this is a good thing for consumers. But again, they are locking it behind a paywall. You have to have the highest tier of PlayStation Plus to be able to access this. The $34 number is a little weird. You know, we've seen indie games that could be 35 to 40 dollars uh that you know maybe are six to seven hours long so if you're playing two hours of that you're playing a good chunk of that game so some people might just you know there's games you can complete in two hours that you know would fall into this two hour like the the time trial here so i'm not sure if it's like a case-by-case basis where like the developers could be like hey um 
can we only do like a 30 minute trial? Cause I think that's more than enough to get a feel for our game. And we don't want to give away too much of, of our game or something like that. So I don't know. Uh, also, I, I don't know if like, I don't see why Sony would, it seems like uh, they're not going to give any sort of cut to the uh, developers of these major games or whatever, because they're getting more money. This is a benefit that they're, getting money from a subscription service from the people that are subscribed, but they're not going to give like, you know, if 2 million people play the demo for the next saints row game, are the saints row developers going to see any of that? If none of those people buy that game, are they going to see any part of that subscription? I doubt it. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this mixed. feelings. Yeah. It seems dirty. Yeah. But it, it could be just a way for, cause, uh, chance you kind of did this with elden ring uh, xbox has the policy where if you've if you bought if you buy a game you've played less than two hours and it's within two weeks of your purchase you can refund it right like mm-hmm. you could just do that like that was just you just had to click a button or yeah i I, w- I went on to the xbox website i signed in under my account went into my purchases essentially my my purchase history and I refunded it. And I'm like, I know this game's amazing, but I, I don't. I'm just not into this style me, of game. Yeah. I'm, or so I got my money back or whatever. So, so um, I kind of have a, a similar story I want to share on PlayStation because the day they announced uh, Miles Morales with Spider-Man Remastered is the day I bought the digital copy of Spider-Man 2018. So it was twenty dollars because it was on sale. So I bought the digital copy of, uh, cause I knew I was getting the digital PlayStation five. I bought the digital copy of Spider-Man 2018. And then that same day they're like, we're for $20 on top of miles Morales, you can get Spider-Man remastered. So I'm like, obviously I want that. And I wanted to like refund it because I knew Xbox's policy is like so easy to go in and refund it. Uh, I went to the, I logged into the site, could not find anything for me to do a refund. I had to call Sony and then Sony's like, no, we can't refund it because you've already started downloading it. Not even that I had played it, that I had started <laughs> downloading it. So I'm like, but you guys just announced this. Like, like how is that? Like, I haven't even touched it. Like, what, what are you guys talking about? And eventually the guy's like, all right, that's fine. We can do this one time. But our policy is that if you start downloading something, you cannot get a refund for it. And I'm like, okay, wow, that's... We might want to tell everyone Very that, restrictive. But no, yeah. they probably don't. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo is actually very similar to... I, I forget what game it was, but I re, I digitally downloaded a game and I wanted to return it. And um, they were like... I had to beg. Um, I, I mean, I was just like, please, like, I don't want this game. Like, it was like, <laughs> can I return it or whatever? And um, I think they did allow it. Like, okay, we see that, you know, you never returned a game before. This is like your first time. Like, fine, we'll let you return it. But like, they, we like they, this, is, we don't, this won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, they pretty much made it like a hassle yeah. to return something. But essentially, this is just like Sony's way of kind of doing that. Like, you don't. You don't have to go through the, the hassle of refunding something because they're just giving you access to two hours. So that's that's good. But again, certain games, it just doesn't feel right. So I don't know. Is this an incentive enough for you guys to subscribe to that higher tier? Um, No, because you can just go on Twitch and watch someone play the game for two hours or longer. That is true. And make a, that decision on your own. So why... You know, yeah, you're not playing it yourself, but I mean, there's there's ways you know, to get an idea. You can idea just watch a video on YouTube. You can watch someone's two hour demo on YouTube. You know what I mean? Why spend the extra money to 
do it yourself and you just watch someone do it for like, you know, and just pay the standard, the standard subscription. Yeah. So again, mixed feelings there. Anything else to add? Nah, it just feels off. Moving on. So we did get some news for Ubisoft games. So I did make a little section called Ubisoft games. Where are they now? Uh, starting <laughs> with uh, Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. Uh, we got an up uh, an update from the Prince of Persia Twitter account on May 3rd. Uh, basically the tweet says that development will now be led by Ubisoft Montreal, uh, instead of, uh, Ubisoft Pune and, uh, Mumbai who were previously handling it. And, uh, Ubisoft Montreal is actually the birthplace of the Sands of Time trilogy. So it is supposedly in good hands. They they did say, okay, so kind of reading some more of this, uh, the team building upon the work achieved by Ubisoft Pune and Ubisoft Mumbai will now take the time they need to regroup on the scope of the game to deliver you the best experience for the remake of an all time classic when it's ready. So to me, that sounds like they are basically almost restarting development. Like they're kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of figuring out, where they want to go, the direction they want to go. They're not throwing everything out, but it's not coming anytime soon is the, is the impression I get from this. What do you guys think? Cause it looked pretty rough when we saw it a while back. It looked pretty, pretty rough, but it's heading back. It's heading home. So I think like, it's still going to take some time. I'm sure, you know, Montreal has a lot of stuff on their plate, but still, I think it, at least it seems more plausible now. Like Montreal, that's good hands. I mean, I know there are some Prince of Persia fans out there, but I think I feel like everyone, most people are going to agree. Like I said, especially nowadays, games come out rushed and unfinished and buggy and, you know, half-assed at times. And I think people are more willing to to wait to make sure a game is as finished, as polished as possible and, you know, then show their full support, you know, when the game comes out and it's best at its best. Um so yeah, I mean, take the time. You know what I mean. As long, if if I hear, you know, if they send out a a memo on social media or something like, hey, you know, we're taking your time on a game. Everyone should be. Everyone will be like, yes, do that. You know what I mean. Like I feel like you'll very rarely find people who are like, no, I wanted the game now, and you know, stuff like that. People are typically like, yeah, take your time, make sure it's perfect, and we'll get, it'll come out when it comes out. You Communication I mean? is always good when they're kind of upfront about the reasons why it's being delayed and stuff like that. Uh, again, it reminds me of the Miyamoto quote. You can read. You can lead a rush game to water, but a delayed game is a penny earned. Miyamoto. God damn it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just if you're excited for Prince, Prince of Persia, you're probably having to wait a little bit longer, but it should be a better game for it. Uh, talking about Skull and Bones now, there was a gameplay leak uh, on Reddit. Somebody who claimed to be an alpha tester uh, leaked some gameplay footage. Uh, the leak showed both naval and on-foot exploration, naval combat and on-foot exploration. It's unclear if this is the the build for the alpha before it went through the reboot, like last year, I think July 2021, they announced that. Um, or if this is, so it's either before that or it's after that, which means it'll probably be a more accurate representation of the game. Uh, the footage did show a hub area similar to like the tower in Destiny where like everybody can like group and uh, you're able to craft items, visit shops, and then kind of like accept quests to go on missions. Uh, it did encourage, they did encourage players to like 
group up into the teams of three, which is the maximum. Uh, different missions had different like recommended players and stuff like that. So um, even though they're saying you can play the whole game on uh, solo if you wish to, I think it is more kind of ushering people to that multiplayer uh, side of it. Um, naval combat appeared slightly more complex than Assassin's Creed uh, with kind of like different attacks you had to do and like uh, brace at different times and kind of do like repairs mid battle and stuff like that. Um, they did also say that players need to prepare beforehand to make sure that they have enough resources to keep their ship in good health and enough food and drink to keep their crew's morale up. So if you don't do that, your boat's probably going to sink if you don't have enough stuff to repair it. Uh, which, which means players will respawn and then they can go and collect their cargo from like where they, uh, where they sunk or, uh, the crew will mutiny against you and, uh, the crew will take over the ship and this just returns you to like the outpost and you have to kind of like get a new ship or something like that. And maybe you can fight your old crew or something that would be interesting, but yeah, so that's kind of like the naval side of it. Um, it did show some, uh, on foot exploration, but it did look like it was a little bit more restricted, uh, instead of like, you know, Assassin's Creed, uh, black flag where you could kind of stop the ship at any point jump in the ocean or, you know, dock on any one of the islands and go wherever you could only go, like you could only dock in certain ports where you could walk around and kind of only do it for like certain parts of it. It didn't seem like there was any like, like different hubs. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was any on foot combat like you had in Assassin's Creed. It seemed like all the combat was the naval and then on foot was just like the small sections of it. So what do you guys think? Uh, is is this game happening or what? Honestly, like hearing news about it makes me think that it's it it, it might finally might happen. Like we've been waiting for this for so long. There's that rumor a little bit that we heard uh, a couple of months ago or something that it's like because the contract that they signed with Singapore when they were developing the game, the the, the money that they took, the game has to come out before 2023 or something like that. Otherwise, like they'll be sued by Singapore. So um, that seems like it might be true. So people are playing it or people have played it in the past. Uh, I'm not sure how credible this Reddit leaker is, but yeah, I'm surprised because this was announced, what, 2018, 2017, maybe that E3 event for uh, Ubisoft. And it just seemed like it, it should have been a knock, like uh, a home run right off the bat because it's Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is, you know, some people still consider the best Assassin's Creed ever. It's you should have just taken that foundation and built a non Assassin's Creed game out of it, just a pirate game. But I, I, I'm not sure what is going on that it's taking so long. Hopefully it'll come out soon and we'll maybe have a great game or maybe it'll be an absolute mess. There is another Ubisoft game that is still MIA and that is Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, oh yeah, that game. <laughs> <laughs> that game is like I don't know if that will actually happen. Yeah, that I'm not sure if that's ever coming out, but who knows? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what Ubisoft talks about this summer when they do. Where they've been do Ubisoft forwards is what they call them, I think. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anything else to add there? Um, there is one uh, honorable mention I'd like to sure talk about kind of reminded because of yesterday when we went to go see a movie there was a trailer that came out before that was very surprising to me it was uh the avatar trailer 
the and, way of um, water right I believe yeah and is that what it's called that's yeah. the movie's called yeah because there's a lot of yeah which i mean it looks beautiful i, I am a, i'm an avatar fan i think i'm the only one here that likes avatar casey but, is also um, a huge but, avatar fan so nice well me and casey will go see it and you can just stay at home <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> but uh avatar uh frontiers of pandora i mean i know that's relatively one of their newer games um yeah i don't know avatar frontiers of pandora i'm, I'm really excited for that i don't know if there'll be any news on that it soon but the movie should coming be coming out, out with this the year, movie so. i think right is the i would think around the same time yeah. either before or after but i'm super excited for that it's supposed to be like what like division but like avatar it's the developers of division yeah and it's supposed to be like open world uh like rpg ish yeah. kind of mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm I'm ex- I'm re- I super excited for Avatar, both the movie and the game. So, I got something to look forward to towards the end of the year. So, um, yeah. That is pretty much it for not so news. So, moving on to our topic of show, uh, we are once again talking about gaming acquisition news. Uh, let's start off with the biggest one here. Uh, Square Enix has sold off some of its studios. So. Embracer Group has entered into an agreement to acquire Eidos Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal. Um, They are also going to be getting a catalog of IPs such as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Cain, and over 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings. All of that for the price of $300 That's right, million. I didn't say billion, I said million. So... This is basically Square Enix selling off all of its Western division. Uh, they did decide to keep Life is Strange and Outriders. Those are the the two only Western IPs that they've decided to keep. And that's most likely because they don't own the studios that make those games. They're kind of just uh, doing a contract with uh, Don't Nod and uh, Techland. No, um, I forgot the other studio making Life is Strange, uh, but People Can Fly are the ones making Outriders. So they don't actually own that studio. They're just doing contracts with them to license out the IP to release those games. So they're likely easier to make and uh, less financial burden than the internal IPs. Um, but yeah, that that is crazy. So what is your guys' reaction to that news? Uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it looks like they are just uh, they've kind of like given up on their western audience or something like that like they kind of just like okay well we don't do very well over here (laughs) let's just get rid of like like games like i mean like uh, the avengers game guardians of the galaxy outriders didn't do very well the guardians i mean yeah guardian galaxy so i haven't played that game but obviously you guys have played it and really like it and i think a lot of people talk really good about pretty well about it i think that game is kind of underrated like a lot of people didn't give it a chance i guess i'm one of those one of those people but um yeah it apparently didn't sell very well so like they're just like they've lost a lot of money so um they may be like okay we're just gonna stick with what we know i guess <laughs> rick thoughts well i'm not saying all of these have been like dormant ips they've been mismanaged they've been mismanaged and it seems like maybe you know they had a little too much on their plate so they don't mind like maybe giving these to somebody who will do something well with them. It's like, you know, say if you have like a lot of toys and you're only playing with a certain amount of toys and it's like, all right, cool. Let's, let's get rid of these other toys and maybe somebody will have more fun playing with them. It's like Toy it's, Story, what, three? It seems they just, they don't understand the value of these studios, let alone the IP. Cause oh yeah. 
Tomb Raider itself should be worth three hundred million if used Tomb Raider, correctly. Like but. Legacy of Kane was amazing, but it hasn't really been touched. Um, Deus Ex, some of the best games in the last in generation. Yeah. I think the last time they touched Thief, it wasn't really good, and it was at the beginning of like the PS4 generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, um, well, because I guess they're relinquishing all these uh, studios. Um, maybe that's why they're coming out with uh, Kingdom Hearts Four so soon, <laughs> because maybe they're going to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Because they know that, yeah. I mean, that makes sense because Kingdom Hearts is huge all over the place. So, yeah. So those of you listening might be asking, "Who the fuck is Embracer? Like, what the? F- I've never heard that name before." <laughs> Embracer. Yeah. So they are the parent company of a bunch of major publishers. Uh, you've probably heard of some of the companies that they do own. So some of the publishers that they own are Deep Silver, THQ Nordic, uh, Saber Interactive, and then they did uh, purchase uh, Gearbox just last year, I believe. Quite a bit of studios and publishers that they do own. Uh, with this purchase, once it does go through in like the second half of the or the second quarter of this year or something, they will be up to fourteen thousand employees in total. 10,000 of those are actively engaged in game development. Uh, and they'll have a total of 124 internal studios. That is a lot. They have, they're have they making such games as uh, Saints Row, Darksiders, the Metro series, Borderlands, Knights of the Old Republic remake, uh, Destroy All Humans, SpongeBob, and a shit ton more. So they have their hands in pretty much everything at this point. Uh, They said their upcoming content pipeline includes more than 230 games with more than 30 AAA games. So you might, you might also be asking, isn't 300 million insanely cheap for what they're getting? Uh, The answer is yes. (laughs) So uh, if we're looking at just some of these other acquisitions that have happened recently uh, in 2019, uh, PlayStation bought insomniac games for 229 million. So uh, before like the whole acquisition rush kind of started, they got in there kind of cheap and got Insomniac Games. Microsoft bought Bethesda in 2020 for $7.5 billion. Um, obviously, we know all of that. We've discussed it a lot on the podcast. Uh, Embracer Group bought Gearbox in 2021 for $1.3 billion. Uh, Bungie was, or uh, Activision Blizzard King was acquired for $68.7 billion just at the beginning of this year. And then uh, PlayStation also bought Bungie for $3.6 billion in 2022 so this seems insanely cheap and uh you know just for the fact that they're getting these studios these studios that have made great games plus some of the the most popular ip in gaming like who doesn't know who tomb raider lara croft is tomb raider has been movies they have board games they have mobile games like it's insane that that was part of this deal for such a low price in 2022 so, um, the reason it's it, it, it was such a low price is mostly because of mismanagement from Square Enix. That's the short answer. The long answer is that Square Enix pretty much felt that their Western division wasn't worth the hassle. So, uh, recently, you know, from the Western division, games like Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy are what we've gotten in like the last couple of years or so. Avengers. We've talked about it a lot. It is a game that they were relying on as a games as service with microtransactions and to kind of keep that 
the legs of people playing and spending more money getting cosmetics and feeding into that uh, in addition to buying it for $60. That was their goal. Unfortunately, they gave that game to Crystal Dynamics, which is not known for making those type of games. So there's just a lot of fumbling out the gate. Uh, You know, it wasn't enough content. People didn't like the gameplay. They thought it was repetitive. Heroes didn't feel unique enough. And even though it did have a, a compelling, unique story that was different than the MCU and all that stuff, people just couldn't get over that initial... I don't like what I'm seeing part of it for the game to really sell well or have any sort of success. So they've been trying, they've been working on it for the past two years to try and add content. They released Spider-Man, they released Black Panther, Wakanda content. I think they've tried, but they have not been able to be successful with that game. And, you know, right on the tail end of that, Idios Montreal released Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think... Guardians of the Galaxy suffered from the perception of Avengers. Avengers was not well received in the public eye, and some of that bad press, I think, affected the sales and the reception of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's why a game that won Best Narrative at Game Awards just last year didn't sell well, is is not really talked about these days. A chance hasn't played it, even though it's on Game Pass, because of that perception of Avengers, I'm sure, right? I mean, to me personally, I I feel like I know that there's a difference between the two. But yeah, some people who are just casual may be like, oh, like, you know, superhero Marvel games aren't good or something. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I know that Guardians is a good game. I, just, I Obviously, I haven't played it. So, but from what you guys say. Yeah, definitely worth the play. Um, But Square Enix clearly did not see the value of keeping these studios around in the last three years, uh, both uh, crystal dynamics and uh, Edios Montreal have generated a combined revenue of $489 million, but the expenses have been roughly $474 million. So essentially in the last three years, they've only made $15 million from these two studios, which they probably see as like not worth it to keep around for that little of a profit. Multiple of of their games from these studios have failed to meet their sales expectations and theirs being uh, Square Enix's. Uh, We know recently from the stats released by Embracer Group that the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy sold 38 million copies. It seems insane to me that that is not enough for you to keep, you know, making those games because... That was just over the course of a five-year span. Um, We got Tomb Raider reboot in 2013. And then 2015, we got uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the best of the series, in my opinion. And that was a deal with Microsoft who co-financed it. So that even shouldn't have been too much of a a thing for you because they had a one-year exclusivity for that. And then we did get... uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider in 2020, I believe. So, or 2019, maybe. Um, so, yeah, just in the course of five years, we've gotten three Tomb Raider games that were all good to great games selling 38 million copies. That that should be enough to keep that franchise going. But apparently, that's the sales numbers for that and did not meet Square Enix's expectations. And that's why they pivoted from 
that IP to license IP. Uh, we kind of saw the same thing with Eidos Montreal, where both Human Revolution and Mankind Divided only sold collectively 12 million units, which could be seen as a, you know, a disappointment. But that was never a, a huge IP to begin with, and the times that they did release it, it was kind of a crowded area, and you know, those were very well received games critically. It's just they didn't do well commercially because I don't think. Square Enix saw the value of kind of like promoting that enough the way it, it needed to be. So, you know, sometime in like 2018 or so, they pivoted away from doing the their own IPs to try and get money from doing licensed games. And that's when they did, you know, let's let's give Crystal Dynamics Avengers because Avengers is going to sell no matter what. It's probably going to sell, you know, a shit ton of million copies. But not if you mismanage the IP and give a certain type of game to a studio that is not known for making those type of games. You're just setting them up to fail. And then the bad press of that leads to Eidos Montreal not selling enough for Guardians of the Galaxy. So this is, I'm putting the blame squarely on Square Enix for mismanaging these studios and not understanding the talent that they did have. Um, The other rumor going around is that because these studios were not generating enough revenue, uh, they're kind of seen as like a, a hindrance to Square Enix, Square Enix's portfolio. So they're selling off the the lower portions of their portfolio in their eyes that is not making the most money to make themselves look better for an upcoming acquisition. Uh, we've had rumors recently of Sony looking to acquire Square Enix. Now with like kind of like the trimming of the fat. It could just be that you know this is a deal that would be uh, Square Enix is looking better in the eyes of Sony because they don't have the bloat of uh, the Western division to worry about. They just have the Eastern studios, which they've already formed close relationships with. We know Final Fantasy is getting uh, exclusive stuff for Sony with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, for Spoken is going to be exclusive. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of exclusive stuff with Sony. So it seems like a natural partnership an acquisition without the Western division. It's, it makes sense for them to trim the fat and then Sony to acquire them. That's the rumor that's been going around. Again, we don't like, we don't hear a lot of rumors about these acquisitions until they, like they kind of happen. They're surprises to us. So, uh, it could just be that this rumor going around is complete, you know, bullshit. Uh, but it does make sense to me in terms of, this embracer group selling so quickly and for such a low value. Uh, Square Enix has also said that they want this transaction to allow them to invest more into blockchain, AI, and the cloud. To me, that sounds a lot like uh, keywords that you know in, make investors start to drool because they think they're going to make a shit ton of money. But we know all of these companies that have said they're investing into NFTs or blockchain or stuff get a shit ton of bad publicity from actual gamers who don't want games to go down this route. And they eventually end up changing uh, their policy and going back and saying like, we're not going to do that anymore. So um, I I don't don't think NFTs and blockchain and stuff is going to be profitable for them, but it could just be something that they're saying to kind of keep investors happy with this, this sale. So Um, what does this mean for the future of, uh, you know, these studios that they sold off. So Crystal has said that they are going to continue working on both Perfect Dark 
and the newly announced Tomb Raider game. So that's good that, you know, they're still continuing the projects that they've started on. Um, EDS Montreal, on the other hand, I don't know if they will be able to continue to work on Guardians of the Galaxy. That seems like a, a marketing deal between Square Enix and Lucasfilm Games to get that IP or to get the license of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It could. It doesn't mean it's it's impossible. Uh, I'm assuming Embracer would have to come in and kind of talk to Lucasfilm to get that license again for them to be able to continue to work on it. Lucasfilm Games has been pretty uh, eager to give out licenses to games where they think it would be a good fit. So this, in this case, they've proved that they can make a good game. They've won a game award for best narrative. Uh, yes, it hasn't sold well, but maybe with the right marketing and the hype of coming off a, of a really popular game, I'm assuming the sequel would sell a little bit better. Um, maybe Embracer could think though that, you know, we don't want to pay for an expensive license from Lucasfilm games. So you're not going to work on, uh, guardians of the galaxy Two. You might have to do an internal IP, which could be beneficial because maybe deus ex comes back because we know deus ex has been on a hiatus because of low sales in the eyes of square Enix. So overall, I don't think under embracer, these studios are going to get as big of a budget as they would have gotten under Square Enix, but they might get a little bit more freedom to work on stuff that they want to work on as opposed to being forced to work on like a games of service game in terms of Crystal Dynamics or um, not being able to work on the sequel to Deus Ex, which, uh, you know, EDS to Montreal was take, kind of taken off of. Um, we haven't really talked too much about Square Enix Montreal uh, because they've mostly been doing mobile games for uh, Square Enix. So like the uh, Lara Croft Go, the Hitman Go, um, Deus Ex Go, like those type of games is what uh, Square Enix Montreal was working on. Uh, I'm assuming with the sale, they'd have to change their name. They're not going to stay named Square Enix Montreal when they're no longer part of Square Enix, so maybe uh, Embracer Montreal or something like that. Embracer's MO has been to re-release, you know, remasters and remakes of some of these old games, so we will probably get some remasters or remakes of classic Tomb Raider and Deus Ex games, maybe even Thief, Legacy of Cain, um, stuff that they can kind of knock out easily while their studios are doing other stuff. So, um, you know, we've kind of seen that same strategy with uh, SpongeBob, Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, uh, Darksiders, I Kingdoms of Mammalore. Kingdoms of Mammalore, Re-Reckoning. They always have the weird names attached to it. Like, what was yep. What was Destroy All Humans' chance? Like, Reprobed or something? Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, I think they did uh, Red Faction Gorilla Remastered. Remastered, yeah. Yeah, reprobed. reprobed yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, we probably expect to see some in the short term some remasters coming out of this, and then hopefully in the long term, the return of Deus Ex. Um, they're going to keep making Tomb Raider. Hopefully, we get a Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's still kind of up in the air if Embracer wants to to deal with the whole licensing of that or not. So, any last thoughts of that that deal there besides how insane it was? If I can get a Soul Reaver like remake, great deal. Probably, I, I would see. I would think that's very likely. Yeah, I, I think one thing this uh, acquisition teaches us is that we have no fucking idea when these are happening and who is going to purchase what. Like, 
this was never rumored. This was never speculated. This was just out of the blue. So moving on, we do want to, like we did get some reports uh, or not even reports, some chatter of uh, Warner brothers discovery selling off their gaming division. So the uh, AT&T and discovery merger completed on April 8th of 2022. So they became Warner brother. We have Warner brothers discovery and initially before the merger, there was talk of uh, those studios being shopped around by AT&T because AT&T didn't want to continue in the gaming division. And then those kind of died down because AT&T said, we're going to keep our studios after this merger uh, talks are that they are going back on that and they do want to shop around the studios. Um, Ideally they want to sell off the gaming division while retaining the IP rights. Kind of like what Disney has done. Disney does not have internal gaming studios. Lucasfilms is not developing games. They're strictly licensing those games out to other developers to make those games. And that kind of lowers your financial burden and you're just kind of sitting back taking the profits. So I think that's something Disney or that's something Warner Brothers Discovery wants to to kind of replicate. So the studios that they do own right now are Rocksteady Games obviously the Batman Arkham series and they are working on the suicide squad games supposed to come out next year. Uh, avalanche software, which is doing Hogwarts legacy, uh, monolith productions, which has done the shadow of, of war and shadow of Mordor games, nether realm known for, uh, injustice and mortal Kombat. TT games, which have done all the Lego games and then WB games, Montreal, who have done Arkham origins and are working on the upcoming Gotham Knights. So, um, a lot of decent talent studios working on a lot of Warner brothers IP. Um, the, the source of this chatter is, uh, from fan bites, Imran Khan, who says that interested parties include EA take Two, Microsoft, Sony, Tencent, Netties, and uh, PUBG Corp. So, you know, we, we know how, hungry all these major uh, studio or major publishers are to get more studios uh, to get acquisitions to kind of beef up their own stable. Uh, who do you think, or who would you want to get this? If this is a, a thing, uh, Microsoft, but you know, that's just because game pass. Just want the ga- yeah. Just want them on game pass. I kind of feel like, well, I mean, they can get, I'm question, can they get individual studios or do they have to get like all of them? So that's, that's a good point you bring up because we don't know yet. Again, these are just rumors. Uh, it seems like if they just want to get rid of the studios, it, it might just be piecemeal. So maybe Rocksteady goes to Microsoft, but Avalanche goes to Sony or something like that. I would like, I would like TT to go to take two because I think that marketing would be great. <laughs> I don't, I, I, yeah. I'm sure it would make sense for any one of these people to gobble up all of these studios. I think the main issue with this is going to be that the IP doesn't come with it. They have to license the IP, which probably could be a hindrance because I think Microsoft mostly wants IP to kind of bolster their, um, well, I guess they have a shit ton of IP from Activision King now, but still like getting Rocksteady games, but not getting Arkham unless you pay Warner brothers seems kind of like a raw deal there. So um, I don't know that that could cause a, a hindrance, but maybe, maybe somebody's like, we'll take Rocksteady. They make good single player games. We will give them 
you know, something else to work on. They don't have to work on Arkham. Um, yeah, they can work on the new Superman, Superman movie or game. Again, that would be a Warner Brothers IP. So. <laughs> Damn it. The Gandalf. Again, that is no, Warner Brothers. Pe- Pennywise. No, they're all Warner Brothers. Uh, I don't know, but, but yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. I don't know. Like, again, just acquisitions. We have no idea what's going on. These rumors, again, could be true or just could be people speculating and, you know, tomorrow fucking... Netflix buys them, so who knows. Um, last thing I kind of want to talk about, because we've talked a lot about acquisitions here, is that the uh, the FTC, is inve- investi- who is already investigating the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition by Microsoft, uh, recent report shows that they are also opening a probe into the Sony acquisition of Bungie, which... It also happened very recently, but it was just a single studio versus a publisher being acquired. So people thought that deal was going to go through no matter what, but it seems that they are being a little bit more uh, um, thorough with their investigation and kind of seeing if all of this is going to go through or not. Um, I don't think it's anything major to worry about because the gaming space is so diverse. You know, there's, there's no way you can argue a monopoly over, you know, even the purchase of Activision, there's so many other people making games in this space that it's not going to be, there's, there's no way you can market or there's no way you can argue that that is a monopoly. Um, you know, there's, we get reports of new game studios opening up pretty much every month. Some of those are actually from people who have, you know, owned shares of major companies that have been bought and they are kind of going and opening up a new studio after leaving the major developer that was just bought. So um, kind of like the circle of life in game development. Um, it seems to me like this administration, like the Biden administration just wants to kind of like seem like they're tough on, on this sort of thing. Um, public perception of it kind of, you know, changing, but I don't think this is anything's going to come out of it. Anything you guys want to add to that? Nope. Yeah, not really. Um, we're probably going to see more acquisitions in the future because this just seems, seems like everyone's hyping up everybody and, um, I think there's a recent story about Ubisoft uh, trying to get a private equity firm to prevent being the target of a hostile takeover because, you know, that's a possibility with people wanting to buy stuff. And Ubisoft has been in some hot water and their games have not been super hot, you know, in the last year or so. So that is pretty much it uh, for us to talk about this week uh i'm sure at some point in the future we'll be having another podcast dedicated to the next major acquisition that happens but that's probably so excited we're becoming like a murders and acquisitions podcast yeah (laughs) all this uh financial and business talk feel like i'm on a an episode of uh succession (laughs) (laughs) what's the temperature (laughs) support subtitles Wow! <laughs> Moving on to subpar subtitles. So subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, where we basically take the principle that game developers like naming their games with uh, franchise colon subtitle, and that's S U B hyphen T I T L E. Uh, we've been keeping track of scores all year. Um, I forget what the scores are because Zach has them. Because we haven't been keeping track. <laughs> we'll look it up yeah. retroactively. Yeah. 
But anyway, scores are something. We will figure them out soon, but we will... Uh, <laughs> I love how you're like, we've been keeping track, and uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has been keeping track. Uh, but anyway, um, I basically take a uh, fake subtitle, and I intermix it with a bunch of real ones, and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one. So, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's roll. A War of the World's Story? Family Disruption, Tung Fu, Chernobyl Unexplored, and Raged, with an explanation point. So I will say those again for those of you listening at home. A War of the World's Story, Family Disruption, Tung Fu, Chernobyl Unexplored, and Raged. Uh, Chance. Why don't you go first? Uh, let's do C. C. Uh, Tung Fu for chance. Rick? A. A. A War of the World's Story. So, now you guys have the option to either keep your answers, and you get three points if those are correct, or you choose to risk it and say all real or all fake. If you say all real or all fake, and that is indeed the case, you'll get a total of six points. So, Rick... What will you decide? I'm going to go all fake. Rick is going all fake. Chance? Um, I know the answer is C, so I'm just going to stick with C. Chance is sticking with C. Are you guys ready? Gray Skies, A War of the World Story. Real game. Nine Witches, Family Disruption. Real game. Tung Fu. Not a real game, which means Chance gets three points. Uh, Swan, Chernobyl Unexplored, real game. And Jagged Alliance, Raged, real game. So Chance officially on the board there. I say something so ballsy and I actually get it right. Okay, I had no idea. I had no fucking idea that was the answer. I had no idea. You seem so positive. (laughs) I had no idea. Like you just said, you just said like, yeah. I, I know for one. a fact it's right. So I mean, he did. Well, I I willed it into existence. <laughs> you really fucking did. Chance is magic. I. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, or talk about how Zach is you know been at Alderaan for a while and they haven't really. You know, I felt a great disturbance in the force. But anyway, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. We're on Twitter, we are at TUGPOD. On Instagram, we are at TUG underscore POD. On Reddit, we are at r slash TUGPOD. And on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. On Twitch, we are twitch.tv slash TUGPOD. And we ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One star review for every other podcast. All right. But yeah, I was like, okay, my origin story. Let's impose that on this one. That's a fucking train. That is a fucking train. I thought trains didn't come out in the morning. Yeah, they're (laughs) vampires. This is not your time. Trains are only nocturnal.